Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Mano and Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us. If you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member, one of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallant View Rangers podcast. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host as always. Uh, delighted to be back after a good, well-rested couple of weeks after what was a long, long season. Also equally delighted to be back with the first ever live stream for the Gallant View. And as you can hopefully see in your screens, if I've not messed up the technology, I've pulled out the tap draw models of the Gallant View roster. Um, I should have been roaster, but I suppose roaster's a better word. Um, kicking us off first to join us, Mason Stewart. How are you doing, Mason? Yeah, well, good. Thanks, Colin. Thanks for having us uh, back on. Uh, good to see you boys again. Feels a lot longer than, fr- than three weeks, to be honest. Um, we ain't had a lot of uh, transfer news uh, to sort of speed time, but uh, I'm not looking forward to tonight. Obviously, first time live, so 
Hopefully it's a good one. I hopefully they don't get shut down. I mean, I think that's the aim of the game tonight. But um, I, you're right, it's felt like a long couple of weeks. It's weird because it's um, after such a long season last year, I thought like, I, I could be doing with a wee two-month break for Rangers, but you just get that bug after 10 days, don't you? Yeah, no, exactly that. I, I said the same thing after the Hearts game. I was like, I need, I can't wait for the break. But now I'm like, I can't wait for it again. I think our first friendly got announced the other day, didn't it? 9th of, 9th of July against Sunderland. So... That's the one to, to look forward to now. Ideal, ideal. Also joining us, uh, representing the Overseas Bears, David Tomlinson. David, how are you? Yeah, fine. Still doing uh, the same as I always do, just mucking about and carrying on. I obviously miss, uh, miss watching the Jairs every Saturday or Sunday in the European runs, but hopefully that'll be starting again uh, July, I believe. Is, uh, is, is, we'll be kicking in or not at the end of July. So, uh, it's a short time. When you just finish, it seems a long time away. But once you get near it, it it just catches up on you really quickly. So, also you live near the Dutch-German border. So, to the nearest dozen, how many Frankfurt fans have you battled in the last month? (laughs) Well, here in the area, it's mostly all uh, Dortmund fans. So, there's not really any Frankfurt fans uh, in this area. So either Schalke or Dortmund, and they batter each other, so that's that's quite good. There's none of them left by the time they come to me. <laughs> Aye. Lucky for the Frankfurt fans, uh, you're well clearing them. Lucky them. <laughs> also join us, Craig Campbell. Craig, how are you, mate? All right, Colin. Uh, nice to see you, my man. Um, it's nice to see the boys back as well. Um, just echoing with David and... Mason said, like, uh, I was absolutely done in after that season there. Um, like, I would have been happy, like, not seeing another football game for the rest of my days. Um, like, you just could probably tell on the chat, I just absolutely, I just completely disappeared after. Uh, I thought game. you were still in Seville up until the day. <laughs> Honestly, I went into hiding, uh, even through my family, but just, like... I think it was started, see, see when it came out, the, the Conor Goldson thing came out, which we'll obviously probably talk about. Um, as soon as that came out, like the the butterfly started coming back and um, you start looking forward to the season and you start seeing some of the players on Instagram putting out comments and stuff. And I, I, I'm counting down the days, to be honest. Uh, the friend, the, the PC, pre-season friendlies, hopefully, um, it, they'll, they'll show us a few new players and um, we'll know what we're playing with as well, which I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing with. I know it's that whole is it's this void that we've got where you just fill with absolute speculation, and you can't help yourself by any of the paper talking all the wee rumours, which we're we're going to cover tonight. But it's it's the worst and best to be a football fan, isn't it? I completely like my, my wee boy that I talk about quite a bit. Uh, he's like. He's, he's looking at rumours about Gareth Bale coming to Rangers and stuff and uh, like it actually irritates me because he actually believes it uh, and he's like aye but we get Aaron Ramsey and I'm like do not do not speak about his name again don't mention his name to me uh, like his name is completely barred for anything that I've got in my life um, but aye uh, some of the rumours you can't help but can I get interested in and stuff but um, nobody better mention Gareth Bale tonight Oh well, I'll quickly scroll that off in my off in my comments there. Um, last but not least, joining us, making up the boy band, Davy Park. How are you, Davy? Smashing, Colin. Good to see all your boys again. <clears throat> yeah, we're obviously it's uh, 
it's a funny season, isn't it? You know, not much happening. Rumours, you know, grow arms and legs. You know, but I'm sure by uh, the end of next month, when the, I think the, the guys are back a week on Monday, up to Elk and Howie, get themselves sorted. And, you know, we've got, we'll have that pre-season enthusiasm again, you know, that we're going to do the treble and win the Champions League, you know, and just tick them off as they, <clears throat> as they roll past us. I'll be interesting to see what Rangers do in the transfer market. I'm hoping that there'll be uh, some some really useful additions because I, I don't think we should be as strapped for cash as we probably were. Probably when Stevie Stevie G had this conversation last summer, which uh, by all accounts didn't go that well. But uh, I'm hoping that uh, we'll be ambitious. You're hoping that Gio, you know, and his the contacts that he will have we will be able to uh, source some some decent players, attacking midfield or a centre-forward. The boy, Ross Stewart, I think <clears throat> I've heard or I read, I think, somewhere that he is a blue nose anyway. So, And I, I thought when he was with Ross County, he was a decent player, so I would not be adverse to He's got uh, to be a, a, a step up from it. I don't think we're coming him in a bit more detail later on, but born and bred in Kilwinnan, I'd be fucking shocked if um, if he supported anybody else than Rangers. Um, but no, you're right. After um, after the the, the run last season uh, in Europe and Nathan Patterson money, and we can never be that far away for EBTs. There must be a wee bit of money um, for Gio to spend this summer. The money but, for Ger- the money for Gerard as well. That was four million, wasn't enough. it? Yeah. Aye, and it seems to be every um, every member of the backroom team for the Gerard era is now moving on, doing for the doctor to the, I don't know, the dinner ladies. Everybody seems to be jumping ship, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But, they'll, be end, they'll be ending up with Dutch food. <laughs> a Dutch a Dutch cook. Aye, as long as you're not cooking, mate, that's <laughs> the main thing. So, Mason, let's kick us off with the big news. Um, we're a couple of weeks late, but we've not recorded in a couple of weeks. Connor Golson signing a four-year deal. Um, first of all, I think Rangers' Twitter was excellent and fucking heart-stopping uh, that day. We, we had a one tweet um, saying we'd like to go on record to find Connor Golson for the last four years and wish him all the best for the next four years at Rangers. This is a massive signing. Cliche earlier, it's like a new signing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, we spoke about it in Seville um, that he played his last, you know, last game last week uh, with us. I, I was adamant that he was going to be leaving. Um, once you know we get into March and he's still not signed a deal, you're thinking, you know, he's, he's 28, 29. He's going to be looking for a, a big payday. He's always said he wanted to go back down and play in the Premier League, but I had to read that tweet about six or seven times before it sort of sunk in. I was, I was still even looking at the comments and people were. We're still sort of like, what's going on? Um, just, just so shocked. But yeah, absolutely delighted. He's obviously, he's always fit. Um, you know, he's played, I think, over 60, 65 games. Was it last season? 64 out of the 60. Sank crazy. So, uh, you know, to go and replace uh, someone that can, that can be sort of that rocket of defence. Um, and, and his performances, to be honest, have, have been really good. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I was absolutely uh, delighted that he, he stand for another four years. So just before I ask the rest of on your opinion on Conor Golson, I was made to do this at the start. This is the first fuck-up of the night. Listeners, regardless where you're watching on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, wherever, 
put in your comments, please. Any questions you want to ask, just any, if you think we're talking nonsense or if you've got an opinion in any subject we're talking about, add them in and hopefully they should come through. My bad. Poor hosting. Should have, <laughs> should have said that at the start. But Davy, uh, Davy Pollock, we'll come with you next to you. You happy to see Connor Rolson and. Absolutely delighted, Con. <clears throat> Absolutely delighted because I, <clears throat> I don't know how much money it would have cost to. Re- to replace Conor Golson, but it would have been several million pounds. I was absolutely because Conor for me on the park, you know, is, he's a leader, he's vocal. You know, he, he, you can see even from last season when uh, we incident with Kamara against uh, those racist bastards. Then uh, you know he was the, he was the guy who steps in, so he takes the lead in, in these matters. You know, big Conor was. Uh, was letting them know exactly what he thought of them. So, and he has that presence in the team. So, I think that would have been extremely difficult to replace. And you, you know, from his uh, his wee speech prior to the Leipzig game, you know who we are versus uh, they're not that good. Let's get out there. So, <clears throat> that that is me. He's, he's uh, it would have been extremely difficult to replace. I was absolutely delighted. Uh, like Mason, I thought he was going to go, but uh, I was kind of prepared for that. It would have been a, a sad day, right enough. We were expecting, you know, as you said, caught the Rangers played it beautifully, you know, when he's thanking them for these four years and then looking forward to the next four years. That was uh, brilliantly done. No, I'm absolutely delighted Connor Goldson's uh, has re-signed. It would have been very difficult to replace. Craig, for me, I'd, I, I'm obviously delighted Connor Goldson's Connor, Connor Goldson's re-signed. We've added John Souter, who's probably replaced Leon Balligan. If I look at it, we've got Connor Goldson, who, barring disasters, got to give you 50, 60 games. There's a question mark on how much John Souter and Hollander can play regularly. But we've also got Leon King and Calvin Bassey. I personally don't think there's a, a need for another centre-half. Would you bring MD in? No, and you've, you've missed out uh, John Lundstrom there as well, uh, Colin, that the Definitely do a job, but uh, do you know what? See, see, see throughout the season, like <coughs> I would have been, I would, <laughs> I would liken it to see like a relationship that you're in, right? That you know is on the rocks, right? And then you start convincing yourself that you really don't want to be with the person, but then you lie awake at night and go, "What am I going to do without that person?" Uh, and you, and whenever. And he's asking, oh, what, what, what do you feel, how, how are you getting on with it? How, like, how's it been this week? And you're going, ah, he made a, he made a fuck up. He, 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 he couldn't string a pass today and all that. And, uh, better off without him. And, and then I'm in my work and I'm, I'm working with one of them uh, that day. And I, get, I, I looked at the tweet and I, again, like, I, I had to read like twice. I'm like, what? Uh, and I, I'm, I'm not kidding, man. I, I, I forwarded it on everybody on my contact list. I was that pleasant. Uh, and it's like, hi, that relationship is now on solid ground. Uh, we're going to the Maldives next week and I've just proposed. Uh, that's, that's what I feel about that relationship. I love the amount of people that were saying that they read the tweet and put their phone down in anger. No real no reading the second part of the tweet. Aye. Uh, it's the easy thing is as well, um, like he is a, He's a guy that's consistently, maybe not the most consistent this season in terms of performances, but 
what Big Davey was talking about with um, standing up and being counted and does not shock um, when it comes to the, the leadership in that team and kind of you had Alan McGregor, Tav, himself, Lindstrom, Jack, players that really like you had players like Aribo and stuff, fantastic football players. They're no leaders of that team. And they, they do fantastic jobs. And Connor Goldson is one of them that he knows what it's like to play for Rangers. And he's been there through... I mean, I, I, I actually forgot he'd, what he played for us for four years as well. Um, it's, it's went in that quick. I mean, you look at Tav and you go, yep, he's been there since kind of, uh, the championship and stuff. But Connor Goldson has been there through some, some hard times as well. And he's been at the forefront of pushing that team forward. You're right, I think it's so much more than a, a centre-half just re-signing. It's what Mason said, it's that consistency in the back line. It's the leadership and I know he's, um, he takes a fair bit of flack when things don't go well, but he's a he's a good football player. Let's, let's no kid ourselves on. Davey T, um, we ran through the, the options we can have alongside Conor Wilson next year. Personally, um. Very, very excited to see the return of my favourite Swede, Philip Holander, the best Swedish <laughs> player to ever play in Scotland. I know you're going to shoot me down in flames because you're not much <laughs> a fan. Do you think it will be a um, a partnership with Golson or Suter? Or do you think right now it's maybe Gio saying that, or Gio might say that, that that other position's up for grabs? What's your thoughts? No, well, I think... Um... Suter will be the main man, and the way he played uh, against Rangers in the in the final uh, was absolutely brilliant. And I think him and Goldson together could be a brilliant team. Uh, now, Hellander, you know my opinion of him. I, I, I'm just worried he's as slow as going out the door as he is as he was in the park. But um, <laughs> my boy, uh, my boy, what, live <laughs> on YouTube, you fucking slander my, my boy. <laughs> No, I just he's not my he's not my type of player. I don't know. I'm not that keen on him. I, I'm, I'm, I actually think. I, I mean, I, I hope Cartage comes back as good as he was. Uh, I know he's not the best football player in the team, but sometimes you need just ordinary defenders. And I don't know. I don't know what's happened to Cartage. Whether he's, I, I take it he's back at Ibrox for the the start of the season, and we'll see what happens to him, whether they keep him or whether they don't keep him. I, I think a lot of the, the they're going to pin a lot of games on King as well. I think King will be come, will climb up the the order of merit, and I, I actually think obviously Hellander will be will be in for a place. But I'd, yeah, I mean himself, he's, he's he's only he's injured every few weeks. So, I mean, he, he doesn't set himself up to have long runs of games. And that's the unfortunate thing. I think if he did, then uh, then then he, he probably would challenge Suter for a game. But then they've got the point that Suter's not, Suter's not that reliable either. So, it, it, it might be the way we're, we're playing with King the whole season. So, I don't know. I've seen a Hearts fan tweet when we signed Suter. Um, something along the lines of, uh, you can take your Papa Don man to fuck. We don't want him anymore. That's, <laughs> Papa Don yeah. man, that really chuckled me. Um, I yeah. hope it I hope it doesn't live up to his name. No, certainly not. But um, nah, I, you look at Goldson, I mean, what is it, he's missed one game or something like that in the, 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 the four years that he's, he's been here. 
and that that that's a big worry that he gets a new contract and then something does happen to him. But that's a, but we can't obviously you can't go on worrying. You've just got to go on your what you've seen in the past. But um, absolutely fantastic. Him and Tavernier, they've just been absolutely unbelievable for for the, the amount of games they've played and the time they've been here. Phenomenal. So we have a first um, we have a first viewer question. You watching this, Mason? Hopefully that should come up in the screen, eh? Look at me. An absolute technophobe no more. So, Mason, on the spot, if we did no other business this summer, do you think we would win the league next season? No. No. Well, look, I don't, I don't think they're they're in great... I don't think they're a great side. I think we, we lost the league more than they won it last season. But, no, we, we need to go and strengthen. Um, I don't think we strengthened well enough last summer. Uh, definitely January was a disaster in the end, to be honest, as well. So, no, we ne- we definitely need to go and strengthen. I don't think we need, obviously, with Davis getting a new deal, Arfield getting a new deal, Goldson getting a new deal, rumours that Aribo might be close to signing a new deal. Um, we don't need to you know, rip it up. I thought it was going to be a big rebuild with this this summer, but it, it's not looking like it. So, we, for me, we, we need to go and sign a proper right winger. And if we have to go and spend five, six million pounds out of, 10 million we've got to spend to, to get the right one in, then I'd rather us uh, go and do that. Um, that. That for me is the big, big position, but we definitely need to strengthen. We can't have another, um, you know, summer of, of more or less of the same sort of group uh, and then expect to go and play 60, 70 games next season and, and challenge at all fronts because it's, you know, it's just, it needs freshened up. Uh, Davey, for me, I think the big thing is what Mason says there is freshening it up and the group of players we have, we, there's talent there. There's, like, on paper, there's a good enough team to, to go and challenge for trophies. But I think it's just coming to the end of the cycle. And like any any great sports team or any successful sporting team, it has to be a I don't know. The cycle has to change and it has to freshen it up because it will come stale eventually. Yeah, well, I think that's a that's a thing. I think that's what happened to Celtic last year. Um, the, or the the year before with ten in a row. They, they kept players that, that were blown out their backside. So I hope I didn't take David Pollock's uh, place away from him there. <laughs> it was me as long as one of the answered, that's, <laughs> that's all. As long as nobody left me hanging. But, um, no, that, that's, that worries me a wee bit that you, you get stale um, with Davis. And, uh, yeah, it's, it could be a year. It's, uh, there's always a chance that it's a year too much, isn't it? And that's uh, that's that's always my worry about it. I, I would prefer a few fresh faces, and and certainly in midfield, uh, I think we need we need. Uh, well, we've got Arabo, but was a bit attacking. For me, Kamara's defensive. He's not. He's not a great attacking uh, player. So I, I really think you need uh, another player in in the midfield that can can attack. Um, plus the fact that we need a lot more from the left wing. We need a, 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 we really need. Uh, I'll come on to the Kent debate in a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, there's a surefire way to know if you don't like a player. I'll adore him. You'll hate him. That's, no, uh, no, I like I like Kent. I really do. But he just needs to up his. He needs to start scoring goals. I mean, he just can't. Can't. I mean, what was it? One assist and three, or one goal and three assists or something like that. He had the whole season. I mean that's just not good enough, and I know players they, they double up on them. I know that, and that that's what the, that's probably the big thing. Uh, but if if they double up on him, they should there should be players available elsewhere that that should be able to create that da- cause damage. 
David Pollock, this next question has changed for you. He's obviously heard about your exploits in Seville. Is any of the Davies single? <laughs> well, i got a boyfriend in Seville, so I'm not single. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that answers your question, Mr. Z. Unfor- uh, unfortunately not. <laughs> I think the rebuild of the team for me is going to be uh, a few a few factors involved. Because from McGregor, I would, I would, if Alan McGregor stays... I don't think it should be as, as automatically number one because uh, John McLaughlin, it's, you know, we've uh, we had this debate, you know, two or three times during the season of this season. Is, is McGregor finished or not? You know, and so we, we stumbled along to the ends. But I think, you know, Gio, and I, and I would expect this of Gio, you know, having now forked out my 750 quid for next season's instalment. Is that you know he'll be as ruthless as he needs to be to make sure that we've got the best players in the team. It's no sympathy vote I want. We just need to look into uh, Big Alan's eyes, Luke Shagger. It's uh, it's time to. Uh, I mean, if he wants to step back and move into a coaching role, I would be uh, perfectly comfortable with that. But uh, I, I wouldn't want us to go back and go into next season with McGregor as number one. I just. Obviously, I mean, if McLaughlin then fucks things up and we have to uh, revert to him, then, you know, it's competition. And I would want to see that right through the team. So there's sympathy is just, uh, should not be a factor for me. Obviously, you have your, you know, liking of certain players and you, and you want to see them and you'll make excuses for whatever dip in form they're having. But I think GOA can't afford that luxury. So... And I think we need in midfield, you know, it's the same with Arfield and Davis. You're thinking, you know, are we are we just going to the well just too often here? Maybe it's time to, uh, you know, say, look, get, get get fresh talent in. You know, we'll, we'll be back into Europe. Hopefully the Champions League will get these qualifiers. You know, I get, and, but I think we've got a short list of teams who we can, we can actually draw. But all our resources should be channeled towards getting into that that that's where the, the prize is so I'm hoping Gio will be and, and Ross Wilson will be bursting their ass to make sure that come when we trot out onto the pitch we've got we've got the ammunition there. You know we need a midfielder kind of like the player that we hoped Ramsey would be. So we need something more attacking and it, as Mason said we need a right winger. You know but and Ken I mean you you look at the UEFA Europa League final and and Eintracht Frankfurt's treatment of Ryan Kent to know how how important he is for that team because they uh, they zoned in on him laser like so Ryan Kent I know his stats are unimpressive but uh, the, the his performances in Europe uh, obviously went far and wide and so they they got some admiring glances uh, I don't think we would have too much trouble punting. Uh, Ryan Kent, if we wanted to, but I hope I hope he stays. I think he's an he's a he's a big asset for us. He's one of our top players. I think so there's a number it. of areas, really. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I'll stick you mute while um uh while you get your dog's opinions on Ryan Kent. They're obviously they're also not a fan of him, but I don't think um obviously that I think it's a bit of a disservice, Craig. <laughs> On Ryan Kent, just focusing on the stats because I I don't think he gets the credit for what he does. A off the ball, 
and what he does as a team, like he's he's our only out ball at times, especially in Europe, and he might not get the credit away an assist or a goal, but more often than not, when we've created a chance or even a goal, it's came from us playing the ball out and Ryan Kent getting us up the pitch. Yeah, I think that there's a few players that, that you could probably, um, when you think of them, and if they if they perform, generally Rangers perform, and um, the way that we're obviously designed to play, um, started off with Gerard and and it's evolved under Van Bronckhorst. And, and I think the way that Rangers were, particularly when we started kind of firing on all cylinders again there, like Kent was at the forefront of that. Um, and I, I mean, just what we're talking about with some, some of the players, I, I hope that what we do this season is that we learn from last season in terms of like the likes of McGregor. And, and I would agree with, with Davey and, and the, the numbers that, that Kent produces um, over a season, like over a prolonged period, are nowhere near where we need um, them to be for us to, to go for like trebles and to have another good run in Europe. Um, hopefully Hadji. Like, Hadji will be like a new player when he comes back. Um, I think also like this full team is not... Jet- like, none of them are from Broncos players. Like, from Broncos can't properly be judged as the Rangers manager until he has a number of players that you can go, that's who he brought in, that's who he now relies on. Um, I mean, John Lindstrom, I actually look at John Lindstrom as a, as a Giovanni from Broncos, uh, from Broncos player. Um, he kind of get, he obviously got brought in by Gerard. He was, he was hand-picked. Gerard wanted him and, and made it happen and kind of made a big song and dance about Lindstrom and then dropped him and <laughs> didn't really give him an opportunity. Um, then Van Bronckhorst comes in and very slowly kind of starts integrating them into the team and at the, t- at the time I remember I, can't, I think it was Dundee and I, I was like that guy's not going to like amount to anything and then fast forward to tape a month and you can't you can't imagine that Rangers football team uh, without Lundstrom in the team um, so I think it's, it's it's important for a number of reasons David was talking about qualifiers for Europe. It's it's important for us as fans to, to get invested and to get excited. See, at the start of the season, there's nothing worse. I remember a couple of seasons back when I was younger, and it was very little transfer market movement, and and you were going into it not really expecting much. And, and what ultimately happens is that nothing really happens. Um, I'm kind of thinking of a season under McLeish, I think it was, that there was very little done. Um, and, and the lack of momentum at the start of the season carried on. And I think that, that might be the season that we ended up, I obviously don't really want to talk about it, but I think we finished up that season. Um, so it's, it's important for a lot of reasons. Uh, also, like somebody had mentioned about... Um, Big Goldson signing the contract and, and getting injured, potentially getting injured. My concern is that, that some players don't get pushed. Um, you've got players like Bassey who was absolutely phenomenal last season. You've got Lindstrom that's come in and been a revelation in the last two, three months. You've got John uh, John McLaughlin that's going to be probably number one. He needs to be pushed by someone and, and I would like to think that we're not going to be expecting Alan McGregor to be doing that. Um, we really, really need to learn lessons from that for this season, like I said. And, um, I really want to see us go for a striker as well. Um, Roof is, is fantastic on his game, but can't be relied on through injury. Morelos, fantastic, but you can't 
we, we've seen it time and time again. You take Morelos out of that team, and I, after a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll start kind of learning how to play without him. But you take him away from the team, and there's no focal point, and we're kind of we hit the, the 18 yard box, and we fucking don't really know what to do. So, yeah, it's, it's so, so important that we bring in a few players. Aye. See, just on, um, so there's a few points there that I want to talk about. There's a few questions about the goalkeepers and Bassey as well, but just when you're talking about Sykers, Craig, I think it's really important that regardless of what happens with Morelos, we bring in at least another two strikers, maybe even three if he goes, because we don't know how much we can rely upon him, but I think this whole, we set our shape up to incorporate Morelos and he is brilliant but I think we need to I think we need to move towards having two or three different ways of playing Gio's shown that he can do that I always think back to that treble winning season under McLeish we didn't have an out and out striker we had four or five different strikers that chipped in between 12 and 19 goals so you can need Java lads and Moles even Stephen Thompson got 10 goals um, loving crans they all brought different things uh, for Horses for crosses, that old saying. Um, and I think we've we were able to adapt, but it takes far too long. It takes maybe two, three, four games last season to adapt to Morelos no, no being available. 100%, Colin. Like, you just mentioned a name that I was thinking of, Stephen Thompson. Like, uh, players like that, they come in and you go, why are we signing him? Like, he's, he's a cart horse. And, and then we use him in the right way. And... I mean, when Stephen Thompson was used in the correct way, he was a, he was a battling ram. He scored goals. Um, he ruffled players up. Um, I mean, most of his goals weren't pretty. But I wouldn't be adverse to bringing in someone like that that is maybe a, a strong um, Scottish player that, that's, that's done pretty well over the course over a few seasons or someone from the Championship that's, that's just looking for a, a, kind of a step up um, that's not going to play every week. Probably knows it. Like Stephen Thompson, I think I'm pretty sure that when Stephen Thompson left, he was like the first to say, like I was right out my depth with the players that I was playing with. Um, but someone that can actually go in and do a job, and it's like I don't want to see a player come in and try and be Morelos. Like I want to see a player come in and do something different. Like Sakala offers something different. Where it's if he's not coming for the ball when he's been when he's been told to run at it when he when he goes in behind. Brilliant. It's a brilliant outlay. Um, Itton, I thought, was going to be that outball, like where it's like almost the, the Sutton kind of player, where it's like back up to the player and, and hold the play up. Itton just wasn't capable of doing it in this league. Um, I would like to see someone like that. I mean, Roof, Roof, again, he would arguably contest with Morelos for me for that number nine shot, but he, he can't stay fit for longer than five games. Do you know what I mean? So, um, Mason, there's the obvious rumour that David Pollock mentioned um, at the start of the show. Ross Stewart, um, heavily linked. Yeah, at Sunderland. Is this the type of player that Craig's maybe looking for? Um, League One. I don't know. I don't watch League One in England. I don't know how well um, how well Sunderland are doing. Is he worth a punt? Um, Club at 22 have also suggested Suarez on a three, so heart versus head, where are you going, Mason? Um, Suarez or Suarez or Ross Stewart? I mean, I don't know what one's a Rangers fan, but don't mind that, it's what your decision. Well, I was reading earlier, he's a St Mirren fan. 
And uh, he, he played he played for them as a youth player, so that's put me off a little bit. Um, no, look, if we're going to sign if we're going to sign Ross Stewart, it's got to be no more than for two million pounds, in my opinion. I wouldn't I wouldn't pay you know any more than that really. Um, he's someone that we could have picked up for absolutely nothing last summer. Um, you know, if if we're going to get him to, to to be a backup, then yeah, I, w- I wouldn't spend a lot. But the player, there's two players that I would I would want us to look at both on a free. Um, one of them's 33, so I know he's getting on, but you're talking about that Stephen Thompson. I'd call it more Chris Boyd because I didn't really rate Stephen Thompson, but someone just ball in the box. Uh, Baz Doss, his name is. He was at Club Brugge last season. He scored 21 in 45, and he's available on a free. Um, Dutch, Gio, will know all about him. He scored goals wherever he's been. Um, and then the other one is Eric Botheim, who was released in January because he joined a Croatian from Bodo Glint. He joined a Croatian team, uh, sorry, Croatian, Russian team for £7 million. But because of the, the war in Ukraine, he had his contract ripped up. Um, and I know we've been previously linked with uh, Solbach and of Bodo Glint, but he's going to Roma. Um, they struck up a really good partnership, him and him and Botheim. So I would like us to go and look at him. He's available on a free, someone that's you know gone for £7 million. Um, he's been linked with quite a lot of big clubs, but you know why, why can't we go and ask the question? So there you go. I tell you something, right? Before you start, Colin, see Mason. Mason must be absolutely amazing at championship manager. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> no, I don't I haven't played that in years, but I just I watch a lot of football. <laughs> Mason's got a fucking short list of length of a bank statement for this pod, so he does. Christ. He's, he's definitely pitching for a scouting role, isn't he? Aye. <laughs> Come, Ross, Ross Wilson needs all the help he can get, you know what I mean? We're fucking too right, he does. Um, David Pollock, we'll come to you. Um, going back to the, the whole who goes out, Darm Outs asked, uh, what value do we sell Calvin Bassey? Um, it's got to be a I think you start at twenty five million because I mean you you just because he's the other side of the border, we, we you I think you have a different discussion in an English Premier League, you know, in transfers than you do anywhere else. Because they're all awash with cash in, in the Premier League, you know. So then everybody knows everybody else has got loads of it. So the, the conversations are different. Whereas when they come to Scotland they think, you know, we'll throw them Throw them a couple of bones and and, and they'll be uh, delighted to take it. So I think Rangers have to play hardball, you know. Hopefully the the Patterson, you know, transfer is is the way that things will be in the future. Whereas you know we we actually set a value and and we hold out for that. Calvin Bassey is was is just a machine, you know. And the 
all last season, you know, in the Europa League to get to the Europa League team of, of, of the year, you know, that and the performances he put in all the, all the way to the cup final. Uh, any extra time and Calvin's still going at it. So, you know, if we move uh, Calvin on, then uh, it would have to be 25 plus for me. And I don't know who's who can afford to pay that. It can only be the English Premier League or, you know, one of the top five leagues in Europe. So, but I would not, I would be loath to, uh, to, to ship out Calvin Bassey because Calvin's the type of player that, you know, at a irrespective of, of the kind of monetary value that's attached to him at the moment. But, you know, he's young, there's development there, he's hungry, you look what he brings to the team, the commitment. He's the guy, you want more Calvin Bassies than, than, than less. So, and, and I'm hoping that Gio and Ross will be uh, out there scouting to get players who are, are technically good, but also reliable and, and bring, you know, the correct attitude to the team. So it's... Uh, I know it's easy to say that and it's quite difficult to do because you've got this budget to work with and you know and all the other clubs to compete with. So but that's their job. So that's what I was going yeah, to ask, because there's a lot of probably the, the more sensible fans I would say who maybe try and think in a more pragmatic way. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of chat that this is the perfect time to sell Calvin Bassey. Um he's got He's got he's well, however long left in his contract. That as that runs down, it will be less and less. Um, there's no guarantee that he's going to have a season like he had last season, next season. Um, if being pragmatic and to try and build what we need is it the perfect time to sell him. The the wee boy football fan of me says no. You keep your best players, but I, I do think there's maybe something in that. The one thing I think, though, is I think there's two sides to Calvin Bassey. I think it depends what you want. If you want a centre-half, then I don't think he's worth near that, that, that amount. For me, he's a, he's a pure left-back. I, I just don't know. I, I, I mean, he can play centre-half, but he gets caught out too often, gets caught under the ball a lot. Um, his speed helps him a lot to, to, to get back. His positional sense isn't great. So as a as a centre half, I'm not that sure that he's he's worth anywhere near what Davey says. But as a left back, then uh, then certainly uh, he's worth twenty five million. I don't know, but he's certainly worth a lot. But I would hope that we're going to keep him and hopefully give him a new contract because he definitely probably needs to earn more than he will be just now to get a new contract. I think whatever he's worth, um, if we're dealing with the English market, then we need to add a couple of million on just with that overpriced inf- inflation. Cause that's, well, well, it's always what a full will pay, isn't it? Absolutely. He's, he's only worth what, an, what a full will pay, absolutely. Um, but I think, with, I think with Calvin Bassey, I, I, <laughs> he probably doesn't get talked to about um, enough that he's no great head on the ball, especially as a centre-half, but I think his potential he has in the centre-half area only adds to how good he is as a left-back. And I, I would start the the, bid, the conversation at £25 million. Um, Mason, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to get through a few of these comments. Um, friend of the show, Scott Hodge, one of the gallant few originals, should Andy Fuff get a testimonial? I'll answer it for you. The answer is yes. But we touched on the goalkeepers earlier on um, and about will McGregor stay or will he not? And I think it's I think we're all in agreement that even if he does stay, 
it shouldn't be in the number one capacity. Do we need to bring in a keeper at number one, or are you happy with John McLaughlin as number one and potentially Robbie McCu- Mc- sorry, Robbie McCrory as the number two with McGregor? Uh, I would like us to go and get a number one. To be honest, uh, I know. I'm, to, to be fair, every time John McLaughlin's played for us, he's never let us down. You know, we've always looked really assured at the back. Um, you know, comes for crosses. Obviously, we don't get that from McGregor, but we've not really seen with John McLaughlin. Is he able to pull off them? Them saves, you know, where it just out of the blue, just pulls out an unbelievable save. We haven't really seen that yet from McLaughlin. Um, but I would definitely like us to go and get another goalkeeper if McGregor calls it a day. And which, to be honest, I, I love McGregor, but I hope he does um, to go and challenge McLaughlin. Um, again, Ross McCrory might be saying, well, you know, he, he played a couple of games last season and didn't really get didn't get back in after that. But I think, you know, I'm not too sure he's going to be a Rangers number one, but. I would like us to go and get a, another goalkeeper, definitely. And and just just on Bassey, he's easily worth twenty five million, easy. Um, he, he, no, he is honestly he is because totally agree, eh? Because because listen, you, you got you got think the English market, Tyrone Mings, right? If you were to sell Tyrone Mings, you'd get thirty million. That's what they want for him. Bassey's twenty two and twice the player that Mings is. So if English clubs are coming in and saying, right, we'll give you you know starting, it needs to start from twenty five million, and and we need to do that as a as a whole club with pl- players coming after. You know, a team coming after our players. We need to be set a price, and then because they will pay. These clubs will definitely pay. David Paul, we'll come back to you. Um, got another another question from Gillian Nelson this time on Facebook. So, what do you think of Lowry having a better chance of game time this season? Gillian's watched a few games with the B team, and he's got something. But her concerns that his strength on the ball, he's easily moved off the ball, and attacking back as well concerned so what's your thoughts on um, Alex Lowry getting yeah, well I think the, the, the development of Alex Lowry has to be managed by Gio you know in the backroom staff so you know if, if he needs to be bulked up you know which uh, Rangers they did that with uh, Scott Wright you know when from when he turned up from Aberdeen you know, it's taken, well. yeah and that length of time you know to physically make him stronger so you know and broaden him out a wee touch so that, that there's that bit of his development and it's managing his minutes in terms of you know when he plays and who he plays against you know and you know, so there'll be there'll be situations where he'll add to us there'll be situations where he'll weaken us and we just and Gio has to know the difference you know and and, and make sure we don't expose the boy and we'll crush him you know because you know that it can be a hard audience at Ibrook sometimes so as long as we can manage him through the season Put them on with a further development in terms of physicality, you know, and 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 coaching, you know, like tracking back, for instance, you know, becomes that's that's something that he will learn. That's something he will be taught by the coaching team, you know, when they explain this is what we want you to do. So once he's immersed in the first team squad, and, and he has a kind of defined path of of, of stages to go through. I, I don't see a problem. But what I do like about the boy is that you can you see he's technically very good. He has he has that wee swagger about him which I love, uh, and and you know he's got the he's got the Hollywood ball in him, you know. So I'm really excited about Alex Lowry in terms of coming in, and you know so there are players you know like Arfield and 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 Scott uh, and Steve Davis who come in and when it becomes you know a physical battle when and and Lowry's just not ready for it. I'm hoping that's the type of players who will fill in until he is ready for that battle. So we just have to manage it. It's uh, and it's all over the pitch. Just going back to the goalkeeper, you know, I, 
I'm hoping that you know we kind of prioritise players that are going to add more more value to the squad because in terms of a goalkeeper, we've got John McLaughlin who we know is is, is fairly reliable, uh, and we've got McCrory you know as, as a backup. I was hoping that you know our limited transfer budget, whatever that may be, and I've got no idea what it is, is going to be concentrated on on areas that are going to add maximum value, you know, so that we get a bit more leverage in terms, you know, of a right winger, attacking midfielders, another centre forward. Because I think we're pretty much covered across the centre back, as we said earlier. And I would think that we 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 can go with the goalkeepers that we do have, but and and prioritise, you know, the money that we spend, go for quality rather than quantity, you know, not hoover up five or six players. If it was two or three or, or, or even four where we were paying a bit of money, you know, in terms of kind of the Ryan Kent money to get quality in, then I would not be adverse to that. David Thomason, just kind of touching that point there, um, and staying with Alex Lowry, and it'll bring Charlie McCann, Leon King, and even the likes of Adam Devine or Tony Weston. We, we will have a bit more money to play with, but it's still limited. Is this your chance to stop bringing in loans and for each of these boys to get maybe 10, 12 games each through the season? Coming off um, coming off the benches, a sub when the games are done, or even if we've got a tough midweek game in Europe, away from home, they can play against us in Mirren um, at Ibrox on the Saturday. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly McCann. I was really impressed with McCann. Uh, when he came on and I think he'll be looking to take over in the midfield and I don't think it'll be that long before he, he can do it if you if we're not going to bring in anybody for Davis or uh, that, that probably that's why they're giving Davis another year to, to, to bring on McCann to, to fill that role um, I, I know they're bringing in another midfielder I, I don't really see why we should do that because we've got so many midfielders I mean there's talk about um, the boy Gilmore Billy Gilmore. Um, yeah, this is, I, I, I don't, think that's I don't something see we're going to be linked with until he retires. He's going to be the yeah. new. Like Robbie Fowler, we were linked with him, him and Alan Smith every summer as well. This Because Billy Gilmore came through the ranks at Rangers, we're yeah. going to be linked with him in, until he hangs up his boots. Yeah, well, I think there's already people that, that know him personally, family members that have already said that it's all the rubbish that he's not coming. But. Um, yeah, is he going to be any different from what we've got? That's that's the thing. I mean, he's, he's certainly a good player. We can't we can't doubt that. But is he any different from what we've got at the moment? And I suppose they'll look at um, McCann and and say, well, is who's the who's the better of the two? And I've I've really been impressed with McCann when any time I've seen him. I think the the boy Preston it's too early for him yet. I don't think he'll get a, a, a great deal of uh, game time. I think. Um, that uh, we'll, we'll bring in a centre forward, and I think that place will be Lowry. I, I, I do think he will get game time. Although I, I, I've got that worry as well. But tracking back, uh, I've watched him a few times for the B team, and he's very, very poor in marking back. He, he sort of strolls around the midfield and just waits for to get the ball at his feet. So I'm real worried in that aspect of his game. But we can't argue. We can't argue about what he's showed so far. I mean, he's he scored a couple of goals at least, I think, and yeah, he's he's played well in the games that he's played. So obviously, when you're playing for the B team, uh, and you step up a level, you're obviously going to bring up your own level as well. 
you're not going to stay playing at B team level. And it can be that with the B team, if they think, so this is too easy and shows a bit of that. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. You're also an unknown entity when you come up through the youth ranks um, against um, against the top flight teams because they've never seen you. They don't don't yeah. really know what to expect. We've seen that with Glenn Middleton. Nobody could handle yeah. Glenn Middleton the first few games, but then when they realised he can only go one way, they marked him out the game. Yeah, he's uh, coming back, of course, isn't he? And the other boy I, that was uh, that was with Dunfermline and uh, was uh, so we've uh, got the likes of Kai Kennedy, Lewis Mayo, Kai Glenn Kennedy, Middleton. yeah. Um, and I think, realistically, I don't really see too much um, for these players, especially with the players we've just spoken about coming through. Yeah. Just on the, the midfield, Mason, um, I think Davey makes a good point. There's a, we've got a, a long list of midfielders, um, including Narfield and Davies, who've just signed um, another year deal. I think my problem is, out with Lundstrom, you've not really got... You've not really got that goals and Tavernier partnership where you know the two players next to each other got to play 60 games together. Uh, Ryan Jack, he's never going to be a 40 game a season player as much as I, I wish he could be. He's not going to be. Davis and Arfield come to the end. I don't know. I think I think we do need a striker and a right winger. Um, but I think a, a midfielder, a, dynamic, a young Barry Ferguson. I know we've no got like Barry Ferguson should have went for a lot of money and um, if he wasn't for his injury, he'd, um, he would have done really well doing, doing in England. Still managed to get himself a trophy better than what some uh, some former Celtics captains managed. Um, but that's a debate for another time. I, I think we need, I do think we need a, a powerhouse, a midfielder, box to box. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm quite surprised we, to be honest, I'm quite surprised we give Arfield another year. I thought that that might be where we go and get a, another midfielder. But David T says we're overloaded with midfielders. Um, so unless one goes, I, I really can't can't see another one uh, coming in. But I agree with you as well. We definitely need, a, for me, a box-to-box, someone that can add. The big problem with our whole team last season domestically is we didn't get enough numbers, apart from Tavernier, to be honest. Everyone else, you know, midfield-wise, two or three goals each. Not, you know, no one really banging out goals and assists. Um, hopefully, Arebo, you know, can, if he plays in that sort of number ten position next season. But we definitely need a box-to-box midfielder that we can sort of rely on. And I think the one to watch this summer might be Glenn Kamara going. You know, I think um, I'm quite interested to see what what happens with him. I do rate Kamara. I think he's he's a really good footballer, but uh, I'm not sure where he fits in, in Gio's team. He's definitely not a number ten. Um, and when he's played as a number four, number six, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jack and Lundstrom have looked um, miles ahead of him uh, in this system. So uh, if we, we sell Kamara and we go and get a, a box-to-box midfielder that adds numbers, I wouldn't be against that, to be honest. I, I do think this may be the, the season that Kamara or Aribo go. Um, and I think that there's, Kamara, Aribo and Kent have been in that kind of group of players where every, every transfer window there's been some semi interest but nothing really concrete but I do think that it'll be one or maybe both of them going in that you're right that might free up the space for a, a nailed on starter coming in um, so I think we've um, I think we kind of ran through a lot of the, the points we've had and a lot of the questions there was one question that was put on YouTube before we um, started recording and I was actually hoping to get Craig's thoughts on this before um, his Wi-Fi dropped but David Paul will come to you Aaron Ramsey so a couple of questions here. A, if we had the chance, would you keep him? B, do you blame him for for the penalty miss? 
Um, because Graham Curley says he's, he thought he would have had more backlash. What's your thoughts on, on both of them? I wouldn't take them back because I just don't think we would get the the value that, that we need by paying him the salary that he would demand. So that alone for me just kind of rules him out as, as something. I'd be looking for someone who is technically good, maybe not you know at the level of Aaron Ramsey, but but is it can get to the level of Aaron Ramsey who we who we can see enough of to to say well. They're worth investing this amount of money in to, to get to that level. Certainly, uh, you know, his contribution was mixed. He, he didn't really bring what I thought he would bring to us. You know, you remember when, when he signed and we were all cock out saying, yeah, beauty, you know, that, that he should see us to uh, 56. It didn't turn out that way. But in terms of the penalty in uh, in Seville, no, I don't blame Arne Ramsey for that at all. He got it on target. That's that's basically that's rule one of any penalty. I mean, make it a, hit it a wee bit harder. But you know, I watched the Peru Australia thing, and you know, we're going through the the same. Obviously, not with the same level of emotional attachment, but it's a lottery in terms of someone's going to miss. You know, every penalty shootout, there's going to be a fall guy. So to lump that all onto Aaron Ramsey because he was the one, you know, just but for a few inches of the the keeper's leg, just seems harsh. It's you know, we took five penalties, we scored four of them, one missed. Someone was going to miss eventually, so we were hoping it was going to be one of them. Wasn't to be, but uh, I don't, uh, there's no, I haven't got no axe to grind with Aaron Ramsey for missing a penalty in Seville. He didn't do it deliberately, for Christ's sake. So uh, you could say that he was too casual or whatever, but that's, hey ho. The guy tried to score, he didn't. Hey ho. No. Davy T, what's your thoughts? Because I'm, I'm inclined to agree with, with Davy P. Um, I think if you've got the balls to go up and take a penalty in a European final, then hats off to you. Yeah, well, I don't think we should play the the blame game, but it was a it was a really poor penalty. Let's be let's be honest about that. It was a poor penalty, but I don't, I, I blame more from Bronckhorst for bringing him on to take a penalty. Uh, that that's uh, I, I don't think anybody that's not been really into the game should get to take a penalty. It's been done umpteen times, and I don't think I've seen one scoring yet that, that's just come on specially for penalties. So I, I disagree with that way. Um, the other thing I want to, to, to get on to, which, which you all had a shot at, but I didn't, um, is the McGregor and McLaughlin. For me, it was a breath of fresh air that a keeper comes out and takes a ball across It's ball. so good seeing somebody yeah. come off the line. So good. Yeah, brilliant. And we said, we said that we don't see McLaughlin making great saves, but McLaughlin cuts a hell of a lot of balls out before he's got to make a save. And that that's a, a big part to his game as well. Whereas McGregor's just... I mean, if you're playing against McGregor as a manager, you're just going to say, OK, guys, get on the six-yard line, get all the big guys there, because McGregor's no coming. And you just know that. And I've even seen him coming. I mean, there was a couple of goals. He, he, he came half and then tried to go back to his goal. And uh, now, for me, the, yeah, bringing in, a, okay, it depends what you bring in. If you bring in a really good goalkeeper, fair enough, then uh, then bring in a number one. But um, for me, McLaughlin should definitely get a chance anyway of, of fighting for against a new player for uh, Definitely. I'm not... Not very keen on the young guy. Um, what is it? You know, I'm having a, a bad time with his name. 
McCrory. I'm not a, a great fan. I, I've seen him a few times and I've seen him in the youth and I didn't think he was that great in the youth, but obviously youth, the youth levels are different now. I don't know. They played against Celtic, played okay. Um, but I, I think I, I think we'll probably go for another goalkeeper. But that's... I, uh, I think the jury's still out in Robbie McCrory. Um, I think he's no... He's not been tested enough at Rangers. And what I would say, he's played two games and got 100% clean sheet, but the jury's still out. The very last time in McLaughlin, he doesn't get enough credit for his distribution of the ball. It's yeah. night and day compared to McGregor. And this isn't a McGregor bashing. McGregor's a fantastic shot stopper and been a, a brilliant servant to the club. But we've seen that um, against Celtic and Hearts. McLaughlin can move the ball so quickly and that can help our attack because we like to break with pace. That we like to be in the front foot and McLaughlin having a keeper that's comfortable with the ball who's you know a, a good shot stopper as well. It's it's invaluable. But I think um, we'll start to wrap it up there, gents. The very last thing well, we're going to touch on um, it'd be the misses not to uh, yesterday the club announced that uh, Rangers legend Davy Wilson passed away at the, the grand old age of 85. Um, they released a short statement um, which is quickly read out. So Rangers Football Club are today extremely saddened to hear of the passing of former player Davy Wilson at the age of 85. Davy made his competitive debut for his boyhood club in January 1957 in a league game against Dundee. He made 373 appearances across 11 seasons at Ibrox. Played under Scott Simmon, scoring a total of 158 goals before departing the club in 1967 to join Dundee United. The winger was also part of the Rangers team that reached the 1961 European Cup Winners' Cup final against Fiorentina. For Jersey, won four league titles, five Scottish Cups and two league cups as part of the 11 honours with his beloved club. At international level, Wilson had a successful career with Scotland, earning 22 caps and scoring 10 goals for his country. Wilson's actually a three-time Hall of Fame inductee with Rangers, Dundee United and Scotland con- um, after contributing great achievements and success for each of these teams. Davy was said to have loved Rangers with every breath. The thoughts of the director, staff and players of Rangers are today with the family and friends of Davy. Mason, we've had so many great number 11s in our, in our club's history. Um <laughs> Don't need to name them all, but there's somebody phoning. Tell me to put a comment in instead. Um, but we've had so many great number 11s, Mason. And in terms of your best 11s, David Wilson doesn't make any too many, but it's hard to find a winger who's contributed more to Rangers in terms of a return. Um, a fantastic career he's had. Yeah, I was actually looking, uh, reading up about him yesterday, obviously way before sort of my time heard the name but sort of looked up a little bit about him yesterday is there any have we had any winger that's got such a good goal to game ratio I'd, I'd, I'd like to look that up I know obviously David Cooper sort of springs to mind straight away um, again I'm, I'm not sure but the, go- the, go- the goals for a, for a winger is I wish we had a winger that could could, could get their numbers for us now to be honest um, talking about Ryan Kidd uh, earlier um, but no, it's sad news. It, it feels like the minute a lot of a lot of legends, um, you know, we lost a lot this year. So um, yeah, no thoughts go out to his family and and everyone you know at the club that that loved him as well. David Pollock, um, 
departed a great team under Scott Simmons in the early 60s. And I know we spoke about um, in the build-up to Seville, the, the teams that have gone by and played in European runs, um, but he's, he was a really big character and a, and a really big team for that 1961 team. Eh? Yeah, I mean, David Wilson's one of the guys who, you know, the classic V-neck, Classic white V neck like that, and you, David Wilson's uh, springs to mind. You know, there's so his contribution to Rangers. You know, you look at the trophy hall he's got over that period of time. His the goals return, as Mason has said, is just phenomenal. I mean, is I mean, twenty two internationals and scoring ten goals. I mean, if you were to look at our current squad of internationals, I think you have to get to about 50, 60 caps before you get to six goals, before you get to 10 goals. So you look at that level of contribution that he made for Rangers and for Scotland. Uh, and Davey Wilson was, when he left Rangers, I know, and, and he's gone to Dundee United, but he was a fan of Rangers. So, he, you know, we've seen Davey Wilson at Ibrox throughout the years, you know, like, like other ex-players. So they... they it's he was an he was an iconic Rangers player, David Wilson, and he his association with Rangers was lifelong, all the way to eighty five years. David Wilson of, of of Glasgow Rangers, so that's uh, a life well lived, I would say. Absolutely, just touching that, David David Tomlinson. Um, it's sad to hear any former player passes, but. Somebody who had did have such a connection before he signed for Rangers and long, long after, um, he was a regular at, at speakers' nights, um, at functions at Ibrox, and it never, never, it, there was never an occasion that he wear his heart on his sleeve, and he was so well respected at Rangers. You know, it's there's he's part of that group of players who never be addressed by their first name. It was Mister Wilson, regardless who was addressing them, um, and I think that's testament to the man. Yeah, I was saying it's certainly up there with the, with the greats, with John Gregg, uh, Colin Steen, Dave Smith. He's always at Ibrox uh, and goes to Europe. They're all great players, all legends to the team. I, I I was just too young, I think. I don't think I actually seen him playing, but I know my father was absolutely crazy on him. Uh, that that's uh, the one thing that I, I remember from it is that my father always talking about him, talking about the whole team that that at that time. Um, and uh, no, it's so sad that uh, the players got to go or that these players go. And luckily, we've got a Hall of Fame that they'll always be remembered. We can always go and see their names and get see these old players, uh, remember them. And no, that's really, yeah, I wish he's the best wishes to all his family. That's all I can say, really. And I wish I'd seen him. I really wish I'd seen him play in the flesh. That, that's, that's a podcast for a different time. Like if you had a had a time machine, um, what well, who's your eleven? You go back and see that you hadn't seen. Um, that's uh, there's some absolute crackers, including Mister Wilson as well. But I think yeah, we go down a rabbit hole and we we don't come back for that. That's a very long discussion. Um, but boys, I think we'll start to wrap it up there. Um, there we go. We've made it through our first ever live stream. And to my knowledge, the police haven't been phoned and we haven't been shut down. And I, I don't know what's happened to Craig. Um, he may be he may be having a meltdown. But apart from that, we're all in scraves, eh? The police got him. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard someone kicking the door. <laughs> 
so last couple of comments um, I've just got to highlight. Um, I've been getting a few texts through um, about me looking as if I'm working at a fucking call centre. So um, <laughs> my reply to everybody who's commented is get it up you. Um, and there's one last question for SC. Talk about Kevin Nisbet um, or players from the SPFL in general. Um, is there any we would take? He's highlighted Kevin Nisbet. We were linked after one good season. Um, would we take him? So, gents, usually I ask you to say your goodbye and a prediction for um, the upcoming game. We have no games. So, I'm going to ask you to say farewell to the listeners and give us your brief thoughts on Kevin Nisbet. Here's your thoughts on Nisbet first in, say, cheerio. Mason, kick his ass. Well, thanks for having us on. Uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, two Davies as well. Um, hopefully Craig's all right. Um, Kevin Nisbet, no, no, thank you. Uh, not good enough for us, I'm afraid. But um, if we was to get anyone, I, I was talking about this the other day, I'm not sure there's anyone in, apart from John Suto, who we've already got. Um, I don't think anyone sort of springs to mind, especially for the money that we'd have to pay to, you know, Lewis Ferguson spits, spits the opinion. Uh, Josh Doig's another one. I'm, I'm not sure if they're better than what we've got. So, uh, no, no, definitely not. David Pollock, always a pleasure, mate. Yeah, as was to see you guys and uh, hear from you. I am pretty much uh, with Mason on that one. You know, so Nisbet, no thank you. I haven't seen anything there that would... Uh, would have me reaching for my checkbook. Uh, no, sorry, no can do. No, there's, there's, there's. I think I don't. Couldn't think of one other player. You know who you would say is there another player in the SPFL who would we would want to go after? Can't can't think of too many to be honest. Off the top of my head, I could. I would probably have to go troll through the the squads and see if there's anything that. Nope. Because most of the the decent players, I, I thought the boy uh, who was up at Ross County, uh, Charles Reagan Cook, was was a good player, you know, and he could have uh, with a a better service, you know, would have provided goals in the SPFL. But do, do you want to uh, pin your hopes on someone like that to get you to the Champions League? The answer is probably not. So we would we would be looking to uh, add a bit more quality because. Looking forward to next season, we're going to have to kind of learn from this season and that. You know, the two squads, one for Europe, one for the SPFL, probably uh, are going to be largely based on the same centre of players. But at the margin, you're going to have to look at for different players to give you different things. Because you look at, I mean, we talked about Kent's... Uh, Sorry, I'm waffling on here, but I'm going to carry on. You so, always get the talk- longest goodbyes <laughs> ever, but I'll, I'll no I'll stop you in your floor. <laughs> But we, we we spoke about his Kent stats, you know, and you're thinking, you know, the, through the Europa League games, you know, Sparta, Prague, Kent wins you the penalty. Braga, Kent wins you the penalty. Dortmund, he, he crosses the ball, you know, for, he, for, he lays it off for John Lundstrom. The first goal against Braga, he's cutting it to Tav at the back post, leathers it in. You know, so his contribution throughout that maybe was, was way in excess of what he actually contributed to the league matches basically because we're coming up against the low block all the time and they're zooming in on them. So I think uh, we, uh, we we need to arrange two, almost two squads which will largely overlap for, uh, as this season has taught us. So anyway, it was good to... Well, it will be good to get back and and uh, discuss the, the games. I'm hoping that, you know, that things will kind of pick up in terms of the, the transfer window and players that we're looking at, signings, I'm hoping that Gio 
I'll be disappointed if we haven't made at least four. So they are, because we need something to talk about for next week, so we're fucking better yeah. get his finger out. And last but right, anyway, I'll see you then. See you next week. Thank see you. It's good then. to speak to you. <laughs> always a pleasure, mate. And thank you for joining us for abroad, as always, David Tomlinson. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. Uh, you taught me else. I've, I've been saying Scott Simon for years, and I've heard you know it's Simon. <laughs> Simon. I, I, I say beef. Simon, Simon, <laughs> Simon. Uh, <whatever>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, no, the, the Nesbitt, no, I don't think so. I don't. Uh, as the players in Scotland, I think maybe a few goalkeepers that we could look at. The boy at Dundee United, possible. Uh, I thought the guy up at Aberdeen was good, but the last season he made a hell of a lot of blunders. So I, I sort of lost him. But um, no, I can't really, I can't really think of anybody that I've been trying to rack, rack my mind, and that's not very much. That's not a lot. But um, no, I don't really think. I, I hope we bring in. Uh, I, I definitely, I think we need a centre forward, and I would like to see uh, Morelos playing round. I've heard that, that Ross Stewart that is good if you can play, get somebody to play around him, and I think Morelos would be absolutely brilliant at doing that. So that's a sort of a thing that I would maybe be looking for. And yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think we need about four signings. I think we. The one thing I want to say as well is about Ken. I'm not going to bash him because I really like him as a player. Uh, it's not like you to bash a player, <laughs> is it, Davy? But he should have burst. Oh. It. He should have burst the net that, that, that last goal. He should have burst the net. Fuck me! I asked you for a goodbye, and you're dragging the poor boy through the mood. Well, you know what? I'm going to wrap up then. I would actually take Kevin as if we got it at the right price. I think it'd maybe be a Glenn Kamara type signing where. Kamara showed really good promise under Dundee before we signed him the six months before. It it was by average, but. We recognised there was maybe maybe ability there that we could harness. I think talk about the two strikers to come in and complement or supplement Morelos. Kevin Nesbitt would be a good third striker to have, but I'll caveat that with we shouldn't be paying through the odds, and I think Hibbs would want it. But that'll bring us to a close in. Um, thank you to Mason, the two Davies, and Craig. Thanks to all the. All the listeners, everybody joined in with their questions. Um, you know, shout out to Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. Tune in as well. We'll give them a wee. They're, uh, we're basically doing what they've been doing for a year. Um, give them a watch. And Dale from Los Angeles. Um, fair fucks to you, mate. It must be about four in the morning and you're listening to us talk fish. Um, thank you for everybody, everybody listening. And we'll be back with you at some point next week. We are the people. Thank <laughs> you.